The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him, and without him nothing came to be. What came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light that enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came to be through him. But the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by a man's decision, but of God. And the word became flesh, and made his dwelling among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as of the only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, The one who is coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace. Because while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only Son, God, who is at the Father's side, has revealed him. The Gospel of the Lord. If scientists find writing or art on the wall of a cave or on some ancient building, they immediately assume that no mere animal did this. Someone with an intellect must have done this, a man or a woman. Strangely enough, though, if they find something far more complex, like a living cell, they will tell you that this must have happened by chance, and no intellect is involved. Actually, we should conclude to an infinite intellect. But the person who put that writing or that art on the wall did it by choice, (coughs) through an act of the will. And so is that cell and all the rest of creation there by an act of the will. 
In fact, an infinite will. This is the reality of God. God, by an act of his will, infinite intellect, intellect, infinite knowledge, and infinite love, because love is the good of the will, creates, out of love, creates a universe, and creates that strange combination of spirit and flesh known as humanity. He creates it. That humanity turns against him. It twists his creation, thwarts it, mars it, damages it, by rejecting the one who created it. That's what we call sin, an original sin. What will God do when his creation is distorted? Ignore it? Love and justice won't allow that. He could destroy it and create a new one, recreate it. But love and justice won't allow that either. Could he simply inform us that there's been a change? No. Instead, he will come into his world. God will enter into the world. And not like some great warrior coming down with thunder and lightning. He will come into the world as we came into the world. He will be born into the world as an infant. He will become one of us. That's why we're here today, for that reason. The Word, the second person of the Trinity, the Son, comes into the world. That's what this Gospel is about. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's what has happened. God enters his world. God becomes visible. As St. John says later on in that gospel, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word became flesh. That's what we are here to celebrate. But there's a purpose for that. The word came for a reason. The word came for redemption. We cannot stop here. I think very often we would like to, but we cannot stop here. Because that child has come to do something that we cannot do. The word became flesh for a reason. He must go to the cross. The child has come for the cross. That's the reason for his being. 
I suppose we sometimes have trouble with that. But in the other two Gospels for today, there are shepherds. The shepherds come. That's no accident. It didn't just happen to be there. They're there for a reason. You find two types of people at the manger, uh, wise men and shepherds, those who know nothing and those who know that they don't know everything. But the shepherds are there for another reason. They raise sheep. And they raise sheep to be, to be slaughtered in the temple. That's what they're there for. We were talking about John the Baptist pointing to our Lord and bringing Advent and saying, Behold the Lamb of God. They have come to see the Lamb of God. They have come to see the Lamb who will put them out of business. They will no longer have any reason for raising sheep. At least not that reason. So that child who has brought us here today must go to the cross. He must then go to resurrection, ascension, and give us his church. What a wonderful thing to think that God has done this. St. John also says that the true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came to his own people, his own home, and his people received him not. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of man, nor of the will of flesh, but of God. Once again, the word became flesh. But that isn't enough for us either, is it? No, really it isn't. We want more than that. We don't want to simply read about this. We don't even want to just sit and hear about it and think about it. We need to do that. That's a wonderful thing to do. But it's not enough for us, is it? We want the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. If he dwelt among us, where is he? There has to be one more step to complete this. And without that last step, the incarnation will never be complete in us. And that is the Eucharist, the reality of his body and blood. The word became flesh, and yes, and the word will again, very shortly. He's always in the tabernacle. The word became flesh and will remain with us until the end of time, when everything will be fulfilled. But right now, here is the incarnation. And we have come to be with that incarnation, to see him, if we are prepared to even receive him into ourselves. What a wonderful thing for God to do. And how simply he did it. To be born into nothing, in a cave. To be born into cold and poverty. To, be, to do what we needed to have done. So, today we are different people, hopefully. We receive him, we must become him. We must take him outside into our world. The world must come to know him. The world must come to realize him. But only if you and I are the visible signs of that word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, yes. And the world must know that, but the world must see it. Because we are transformed by his presence in us. 
Again, what a wonderful thing this is. If only we realized it, if only we understood, in fact, why God has come. We must tell the world that. We must bring the world to the word made flesh. The world must come to know. Well, that's the message of Christmas. God has come. He's come for a reason. You and I are the reason. And you and I are the messengers.